I don't get invited to red carpets. I'm not on the list for fancy shows. I'm not friends with all the A-list Hey everybody, artists. welcome to Victory Points. I'm Becca Scott. Cool. I'm here with my co-host Jake Michaels. Good what up? morning. Good afternoon. Good nope, evening. It's Yeah, well at the time and of this night. recording and when this publishes. Yeah, they could be listening at any time. Exactly, though. if they're in London. <laughs> this is a podcast about people who love tabletop games interviewing other people who love tabletop games about the tabletop games that they love. Tabletop. This week, our guest is Laser Molina Weber. They are a writer, director, musical comedy creator, and half of the band The Double Clicks. In addition to being an avid gamer, they write awesome music that, in addition to talking about a billion other awesome topics, also confronts society's misconceptions about gender, which are getting a lot of press on lately and is very cool. Uh, we'll talk more about their newly kickstarted album, The Book Was Better, later on. Welcome, Laser. Thank you so much. Hi, it's so good for me to do your introduction for the first time. <laughs> it's so good for you to be here with also uh, both of us. It is. It really is. All right. So, Laser. Yes. Today, in addition to talking about your awesome album, which yeah. I've been listening to, and it's very great, I want to talk about some news items having to do with tabletop gaming. Love it. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of your favorite games which I specifically want to talk about Clank in space. Yes, and regular Clank. I can do both. I'm oh. here for I'm here for both. Terrestrial Clank. Yeah. No. <laughs> I like two games. Terrestrial Clank. and and non-terrestrial. Yeah. Just two? No, you gave me more and this is what I, I chose. You, I gave you a lot. Yeah, no. Based go on. on what we haven't talked about on this podcast already. Perfect, yes. <laughs> uh and if we have time at the end I want to talk a little bit about Kodama the Tree Spirits. So good. It's such a beautiful game. It's really nice. We'll talk about why later on. All right. Jake. What? First, tell us your news. <laughs> My news? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just sharing from the New York Times who just announced that there's new Scrabble words. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's the first time they've updated the Scrabble words since 2015, and they include new words such as queer or genderqueer, cisgender. Genderqueer is one word? Genderqueer is one word. Yeah. Um, okay has been accepted much to the chagrin of a lot of people because it's okay just oh. literally O and K, which is a two letter word version of it instead of okay A Y, which is already two accepted. Two letter word, that's a big deal. Yeah, that is a big yeah. deal, especially because it's like a six pointer, I think. Huge. Yeah. Um anti vaxxer is now one. Wow. Is one word. Oh no. Let's not legitimize that scrabble. I mean, it's a legitimate problem, Becca. So Ooh. it's a legitimate word. Uh that is interesting to me because back in the day when I played Scrabble. I thought that they were updating the official Scrabble dictionary online all the time. They had so many words in there. So many words you wouldn't think should be words. I don't think they do it regularly. I think they do it like every once in a while. They'll do a big old batch, word dump. Batch ad. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense so that you can stay up to date on the news. <laughs> On the Scrabble news? Yeah, I mean, you can't overwhelm this community. The one that's probably my favorite, though, is Fatberg, spelled F-A-T-B-E-R-G, which is defined as a large mass of fat in a sewer. In a sewer? Mm -hmm. Like an iceberg? Yes, and yet made of fat. Wait, is this a is a thing? Well, as soon as it sinks a boat, that'll be a real thing. Oh. Yeah, Fatberg's a thing. I think they have problems with them in Britain because of people dumping grease down uh, their sewer. So down what there. is one supposed to do with bacon grease? eat it uh you compost it you have a yard don't you well my composter is plastic and bacon grease has to be hot to be in liquid form um i would store it under my sink and then 
the grease fairies take it away. I think mm. I dump it in the bushes. <laughs> really, I do. That's what I do with bacon grease. What do you do with your bacon grease? Do you cook bacon? I don't. I'm a vegetarian, so it hasn't been a problem for me. What do you do so with your not, tofu grease? You're not contributing to fatbergs as yeah, a way. I suppose so. Tofu grease, um, I give it to the grease fairies because they yeah. they come there so Yeah, you so get a good selfish. return on it. There's no such thing as tofu grease. You mean tofu fairy grease fairies? Well, you know, no, the problem I don't you wanna... have is with tofu grease. I understand. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I have no problem with tofu fairies. They legit exist. For sure. Well, do you guys play Scrabble? Not often. Usually w- with my in-laws. Large mm. swaths of my life have been consumed by Scrabble, but it's been many years since I played. Yeah. I'm not I'm not good at it. My husband's very, very good at it because he plays it like a math game. Yeah. And so I will never play with him. Well, it's not <laughs> a game about spelling. It really isn't. It's no. a game about two-letter words strategically being placed on double-letter word scores while scoring in multiple directions at once. And very little of that requires well, you to be able to spell well. And also spelling, though. But like, if you can't spell well, you're well, no matter like how much memorization. Yeah. And it's not like a fun word game, like you're coming up with a good story or something like that. Well, could we make Scrabble a role playing game? Yes. Yes. Let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. Every time you spell a word, you have to do that. You have to do the thing. <laughs> what if I spell the word fatberg? You have, you have that's to. where that's the city we're starting in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the name of the tavern. Now, hmm, I guess uh yeah. I was gonna say something like, why would they put words in the Scrabble dictionary that are more than seven letters? And that just shows how rusty I am at Scrabble. <laughs> yeah. Well uh, now you can put all kinds of things before and after queer. That's great. Yeah. Because that's got a Q, right? A lot of points. Q is uh that's uh a ten point word a letter right there. Yeah. Dang. Ten point. They're also letter. including vernacular from the internet. Uh, bay is now a thing. B-A-E. Oh, wow. Is that an internet vernacular or just the right thing to call everyone that you love? I guess, yeah. I meant in the age of the internet. That's how it kind of, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I can see the point. <laughs> Get out. Bay. Now, uh, that seems like a good one to have, too, because it's two vowels next to each other. You don't get that a lot. It's hard, yeah. yeah. When you, when you get so many vowels just junking up your little wooden or plastic letter tray, mm-hmm. how are you gonna get rid of them with a bay? With a bay. With a bay. All right. Second item of news: Uno says you can't stack plus four and plus two cards. What? Yeah. So this happened on Twitter. Uno said, "Who's at?" Real Uno game. If someone puts down a plus four card, you must draw four and your turn is skipped. You can't put down a plus two to make the next person draw six. We know you've tried it. Hashtag Uno. Footlocker replied, Dear Uno, that's not even how Uno is played from everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Footlocker, for speaking on behalf of us and being so right on. I mean, or, they're or refs. Do you guys they always different? have to inject their opinion on rules. <laughs> so if you, got, if you had a draw four and you drew a draw two you can play it can't you play it well that's what everybody has been doing since the dawn of time because you can play a similar card and if you have a draw on top of a draw people you know had this house rule that apparently everyone has been playing with that you add them up that you uh, that, that neg- you pass it on does that negate the official rules or does i just feel like if everybody's doing it they that they didn't make that clear in the rules yeah Probably not. That oh. was probably an omission in the rules in their point. 
Right. I should have done this research instead of drawing. You would play the draw. Oh yeah, that's a weird house rule. It's a weird ass house rule. Yeah, that's wrong. No, wait. No, it's not a. It's the right house rule. The opposite of what you said. Well, no. I think they're saying that instead of drawing four cards, you would play a draw two. Yeah. Well, the the thought being, if you are able, that's the one way you can negate a draw four is by passing it forward. But if there's nothing that can be done, then you might as well let Circe keep King's Landing. You're so right. This is <laughs> the most groundbreaking Uno news I've heard all year. Yes. <laughs> a lot. I think we need to just take a break. I don't know. Yeah. Can we, can we stop Yeah, we should stop, probably take a breather. My world is rock. Yeah. There's one more piece of news that is uh, freshly, freshly taken from the 15th century. <laughs> because we're talking about classic games or well-known, more mainstream games, and I wanted to talk a little bit about chess. Okay. Chess. So, um, Board Game Geek put this in their newsletter. It's uh, um, someone on the forums named Nicholas Helmberg is uh, did a modernized translation of a 15th-century Italian manuscript on chess, and it is what seems to be one of the first board game reviews ever. Oh, dang. And I found it so interesting to read. And obviously, more of a modern vernacular has been put on this, but this is... Who's got a good Italian accent? (laughs) 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 You mean a good stereotype? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, maybe I won't read it. Just say food intermittently to get back into the accent if you need (laughs) to. So good. No, I meant... (laughs) Bolognese. There it is. Um, All right. So first, the pieces are terribly unbalanced. The pawn may only move one square at a time and only forward. Caveat, they obviously don't know about the impusat capture. The bishop may only move diagonally while the rook may only move orthogonally. And do not get me started on the knight's complex movement rule. But stronger than all of them is the queen, which may move both diagonally and orthogonally. Why anyone would ever choose to move another piece than the queen is beyond me. Thoughts? Reflections? Wow. That guy sounds like a a, a jerk. Yeah! It, so, it sounds like anybody writing a review of something they don't Give understand. Give me a hoop and a stick and I'll have an afternoon. <laughs> I lost this game to my seven-year-old niece and I think it's stupid. <laughs> exactly. Uh, later on in, in the review, it says, Why not let the encounters be determined by dice or cards instead? Imagine if chess would have captured the noble one-on-one duels on the battlefield where <laughs> heroes are born. What an epic feeling we would have got. What a lost opportunity we got instead. Oh my goodness. Wow, really a predictor of the future this one was. Yeah, there's this... no way this game will become popular. Take his betting advice. That's amazing. Right? So crazy. It's kind of this... interesting they had that he was up for more interlaced mechanics back then because we don't really have a lot of games that carry over something with that depth. Right. Totally. I thought it was so interesting. And I I don't know the original uh, text this was translated from and what the original wording was, but I trust that uh, we wouldn't be led astray by Mr. Nicholas Helmberg. So uh, it's got to be legit, you know? Anyway, find that guy on Board Game Geek forums if you uh, find any flaws in this. I am kind of shocked that all three of our up-to-date news pieces for today involved games that are, like, super old. 
That's that's amazing. We usually only talk about new stuff. That's great. Yeah. You're implying that we regularly talk about news on this podcast. That's I'm just saying that usually news is about new stuff. We talked about huh. chess. We talked about Uno. We talked about Scrabble. It just goes to show we don't need any new games. There's just rules for old ones. That's the, the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. No new games. No new, no games. new games, please. We Shut don't down want the them. factory. <laughs> we got them all. Oh, my geez. Okay. Well, let's move on to our first game topic. Clank. Yes. In. Yes. Space. Have you played Clank or Clank in Space? I have played much, much, much Clank, and I have not played Clank in Space, but I'm going to describe it anyway. Okay. Uh, firstly, <laughs> in a game with two exclamation points in the title, should be high on anyone's list. Agree or disagree? Correct. <laughs> That's how you know it's intense. And they're separated. <laughs> yeah. Clank in Space. Uh, it's a two to four player game. It takes about 60 minutes. And Clank in Space is a reimplementation of the original Clank. Both were published by Renegade Games, our friends in San Diego. And on each turn, players draw a hand of five cards from their personal draw deck, play them all, and use the symbols on the cards to move, attack, buy new cards, and add to their deck, you know, deck building, but as they move their character through a spaceship. And not just any spaceship, but they are... Uh, Aboard the starship of Lord Erraticus Prime, hunting his prized artifacts and trying to escape before his rage meter gets up too high. Uh, and in traditional clank, you're stealing treasure from a dragon's underground lair. How'd I do? That's it. Yeah. 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 More or less. Other things to add? No. It's. I mean, it's got the same thing that clank does with the kind of risk reward mechanic. So, like, you can get more points if you go deeper into the spaceship, but then you might get stuck there and die because the game gets harder as it goes on. Like Lord Eraticus is doing damage to you, like the dragon does in Clank. Yes, and to represent that, do you the same as the original Clank put um, uh, uh, cubes into a bag, and then when you do something that upsets the the evil yeah. evilness, then you have to draw one out. If it happens to be yours, you get one inch closer to death. That's it. That's it. It's I like. Clank in Space has like there's like a hacking mechanic where you're trying to hack into the system, so that's a little bit additional to Clank, Ooh. where you have to like go and you have well you have to hack. You have to go to little like ports where you go and hack in, like you know in real life where you have to go to the server room and put your USB drive <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, jacking from like the cord you in your forehead, yeah, in your temple. Um, and it's great. All of the cards are very much like um, kind of parody space themed. So there's like the things that are definitely Firefly things and and Doctor Who things, and and that, that's really fun. I like it a lot because it's like Clank. I think even more so. It's very balanced. Like even if it's your first time playing, you never know what the risk and reward is how it's going to pan out you know like you can have a lot of strategy and that's important but it's also a lot of randomness and i think that's pretty rad Ooh, and the randomness being the draw of your personal card hand yeah as well as uh whether or not your colored cube is drawn from the bag yeah right exactly Mm -hmm. exactly but there's also like i think like in clank i haven't played it as much but there's um like you can get you can go deep into like technology or you can go deep into like having like loud characters that help you that means that you get more damage but they're also very beneficial and like like you can kind of determine your level of risk which is really fun you can be like a jerk there's like the inevitable betrayal card of course and that's like messes with everybody else and also messes with you but that of course makes you a target and it's just a really fun game what strategy do you typically choose um i try well i've done it a few different ways i usually try to avoid getting clank because it's such a good way to 
which is like the the cute like making noise. Yeah. Because that's such a good way to die right before you get to the exit. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> all of your cubes get drawn, run loud, break things. Yeah, it's that's what my my husband does. He gets he runs runs loud and breaks things, and usually dies like right before he's about to escape. So. Ah, but it's so good story wise. <laughs> yeah, and the stories are like it, the mechanics tie into the story really really well, which Ooh. I think is is fun as heck. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it yeah. does seem because I I love Clank and I haven't actually played Clank in space, but it seems like the theme ties in better and there's more of this. Ooh, but my character, and you can add that that fun role playing element that we all love to add to non role playing games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you're just like I'm sneaking around, or I'm, you have to knock out the security guards. You have to do like this whole. Yeah, it's really fun. Those poor security guards. Yeah. And I like that you're not a hero in this game. You are a thief. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure you're not a good guy. Although Lord Erraticus sounds like a bad name. Yeah. Uh, Erraticus. But you're on their ship. Yes, Now, con- uh, technically, Lord Erraticus has, uh, story-wise, in, you know, that little intro that they always put at the beginning of the rule book that doesn't actually affect gameplay. Right. But you can read it if you want to. Yeah. They have just conquered most of the universe. So... So he is a bad guy. He doesn't like run a nonprofit or, a or something. Or a winner. Or a winner. I don't know. <laughs> this is my new. But who wrote the rule book? You know, who wrote history oh, of Lord Eradicus? Did yeah. the thieves write it? Yeah. Did the thieves make him worse? Yeah, he's actually a great, bene- like, beneficent democratic leader. He yeah. was voted into power. Yeah, he was doing philanthropic work in all, all those planets he quote unquote conquered. Yeah. Yeah, they're stealing taxes. <laughs> Lawfully paid. <laughs> And it's not insured. When you have to get off, you have to get off the ship because he's going to notice you and destroy you. Right. What's the timing mechanic? Like, how does the game end trigger? Uh, when his rage gets certain. Right. Yeah. So every time somebody like hacks the computer or steals an important thing, um, his rage meter or whatever goes up, which means he's noticing more and more what's happening. Got it. And then, um, and that happens like every round. And then if you, um, so the, basically that means that he's drawing more and more cubes and killing people faster. So basically the game ends when either everybody's out or everybody dies. Got it. So when you, you can get out early, but you probably have less points. Correct. Got it. And technically in original Clank, and I'm assuming it's the same mechanic, if one person gets out, then it starts triggering the end game faster because yeah. he's getting angrier faster because somebody stole one of his escape pods. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Now I noticed that this game has factions on some of the cards that you can buy and add into your deck. How yeah. does that affect gameplay? Uh, it's it's kind of the thing I was talking about where you can have like really like technology cards or you can have more like, I feel like there's different alien like kind of categories, but I don't remember exactly what they are. But that's like if you get a bunch of green cards, they trigger cool things for each other and they like are like hugely helpful if you like lean super far into one faction or another. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I just want to talk about more generally yeah. deck building because this is my favorite mechanic of any game. Yeah. I don't know why. I find it so, so satisfying. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you're building an engine. I guess I do know why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a mix of both luck and strategy because you bought those good cards and you put them in your deck, but however your shuffle worked out is right. whether or not you get them. So, you know, a little mix there. And then there's just something so satisfying about a game that lets me shop. Yeah, and oh, we all have sure. access to the same stores. So we're all technically starting at the same point, right? Yeah. And we start with the same amount of money. So we all could theoretically do the same thing, but we don't. And like, I like seeing how that shakes out. 
Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Have you played um, Card Kingdoms Valeria? No, no, tell us more. It's a so it's a tableau building game instead of a card building game. So it has the thing that kind of like Machi Koro has or something where you everybody rolls dice on their turn mm-hmm. and then depending on what you have, you get bonuses basically. So like if you had a bunch of rogues, you would get a bunch of like fighting power or something like that and then you use that to buy more things for your tableau and then it has the thing like splendor wherever you're where you're buying like a little victory pile at the end and those are your points, but it's basically a deck builder, but you always have access to everything, which I really... That's interesting. It's kind of satisfying when you're a person who draws poorly. Um, <laughs> Statistically, you, you mean? Y- yeah, just uh, because it religiously draws poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's a spiritual choice. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit like deck building light because I'm not super into things like... What is well, it, there's accession? no deck. It's just your yeah. assortment of things. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. What's it called? Card Kingdoms Valeria, yeah. which I it's also it's kind of got the worker placement type feel that Lords of Waterdeep does, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite games where you get a lot of cubes and you got to assign them places. And that's what life is about. Yeah. Oh, assigning your cubes. I love cubes. Cubes are a metaphor for time. We only have so many cubes. And how do we choose to spend them? So good. Is that a slam poem? <laughs> it's so good. Thank you. At the end of the album. I think I sometimes just speak like I'm always delivering a slam poem. So good. It's just a personal choice. (laughs) And you just pointed it out to me and now I realize. Card Kingdoms. Valeria. Yeah. I am trapped by my meeples. Word. (laughs) We should mention for people that don't know, you should, you gotta listen to or read Name of the Wind. Patrick Rothfuss is a fantasy author that is very prolific. Lots of books out there. Uh, And the board game Tack came came from, it was an in-story game played, you know, similar to chess in the world uh, of Patrick Rothfuss's books. Yeah, I bet that guy in, in the 15th century wouldn't have liked it either. It doesn't have any dice. Oh, uh, no dice. Just strategy. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually a really fun, engaging game. And um, if you've ever played Santorini, I see parallels between their rules in an interesting way. You yeah. have to stack stuff on top of each other. You're stacking stuff. But recently I've been directing a bunch of stuff for the Double Clicks. We're putting out a video every week. Uh, until we run out of songs on the new album. So we've got, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. We've also been working with a few other directors, but yeah, we've got one coming out May 10th and then one coming out next Wednesday and then the Wednesday after that forever. Uh, Wow. Until until Uh, we die. Uh, we got to take a quick break and then I want to dive into what it's like to put out a video a week. And then we're going to jump into a little bit of talking about Kodama, the tree spirits, uh, and uh, why why we love that game, too. Hey, welcome back to Victory Points. We're here with Laser. Melina Weber. Hello. Hi. Okay, let's jump right back into it. You were telling us about how the double clicks are in preparation for your album release, putting out one music video Every week? How is that possible? And is your brain oozing out of your ears yeah. trying to do that? It's really bad. So we used to, we did this for six months when the it's band really started uh, because we didn't have enough songs. We like got booked for a gig and we didn't have enough songs to fill for like 30 minutes. So we start, we were like, well, we'll write a song every week and put it out on YouTube. And that's the thing that like Jonathan Colton has done and They Might Be Giants have done. And that was, although we did it with videos, which was 
more work. Yes. That's ambitious. Um, and then we stopped for a while because of obvious reasons. And now we're doing it again. And this time we're like kind of filming everything at once and then putting it out because we're also going to be on tour right after the album comes out. So yeah, we have like five videos in various levels of post-production right now. And then we have a bunch of them that we'll start shooting at in between tour dates. It's great. It's fun. I like making stuff. Yeah. I like putting stuff out more, so I'm excited for that. It feels, good to, it feels good to constantly be developing something, though, right? Because yeah. it's good to just get those reps in. Yeah. I also want to talk about a very ambitious music video you put out for I'm Winning. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, this is an entirely animated music video, and I think um, you have all, uh, to use the Scrabble word, genderqueer people, yeah. uh, 19 people that worked on that specific video yeah it was a song about um sorry to interrupt you no jump in do uh, it it's a song about so it's a song about gender euphoria like the opposite of gender dysphoria when like you finally feel like you're in the right skin so like for me the first time that happened is i went to medieval times and they can dress you up as like they're like do you want to be a princess or a queen and then the the man gets to be like the king or the knight and i was like can i be a king and they were like we don't get paid enough to say no. Yes. Um, and that was like the best feeling I've ever. It was like, yeah, I am a king. I'm not wearing a stupid dress. So the song is kind of about that. And it's also about games in that it's about basically finding the right victory condition, right? Like you're trying to play one game when really you should be doing another thing. And that's the way you can win. That's the game, or that song. Um, and then we, we decided um, that we wanted to have, like when we do like these songs about like, issues like this we want to involve as many people as possible so it's just like not just my perspective um so yeah we hired a bunch of specifically non-binary and trans and agender animators and um the person who storyboarded the video and scripted it with me and directed it with me is also a non-binary person and so we made this video where basically it's the same characters jumping through a lot of video games and every time it jumps it's a different animator working on it which was yeah, really it was crazy great. It, yeah it was really beautiful i watched it this morning and i cried a couple of times Yay, <laughs> it is it. so stunning and it really does give you that sense of euphoria of yes uh, there i like there's not just two victory conditions yeah. is one of the lines yeah and uh yeah it really filled me with joy so thank you for spreading that joy absolutely and I you like got some good lot. press for it as well right yeah we got it on io9 which is rad as heck yeah um yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm very, I'm very proud of that video. I like it. I like it's silly, so it's good. You should be, you should be, because yeah. not only is it silly, but it's also the message it's sending is so, so helpful to so many people. I'm thinking, especially young people that are at this crossroads, thinking, well, who am I? What do I want to be? And yeah. whatever you want to be is cool. Yeah. Is the message we got to play that before our set at Pax East this year, so it was like a room of like over 2,000 people and we were just like let's just do the gay thing now and we just played it and it was awesome it was like and people came up to us afterwards like really appreciative yeah. and it was like a good message to us to like stop just trying to like entertain or like make people laugh or try to entertain everybody just like reach out to the people we really care about and it actually pays off so. yeah there's a great community for that in the yeah. gaming world too oh for sure and you're, you're going to some great places on your tour yeah we're going everywhere. That's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be super fun. We can check out tour dates where should we look? The doubleclicks.com. Absolutely. Yeah. Spelled D O U 
B L E C L I C K S. Bam. With a V at the top because doubleclicks.com was taken by some guy with a blog. A V? No, the. the oh, word, the. The. the, the. the. <laughs> but are you the the double clicks everywhere? We're the double clicks everywhere. Correct. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. So it wasn't like he ruined everything. No, this no, no. And he was there before clicker. us, so that's fine. Mm. Did he, is his website just about clicking twice? It's, yeah, it's just like how to use your mouse appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of great. Yeah. They've got to be consecutive and pretty rapid. Yeah. You can't it, have too much time lag between one click to the next. How to adjust your double click pace settings in various operating systems. I don't know. Uh, where did the name the double clicks come from? Is it what I think it means? It's, uh, it came from because there are two of us. Okay. And it's like nerdy. So it's not a metaphor for multiple orgasms. Correct. It is not a metaphor for multiple orgasms. Is it orgasm. now? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you live your life, I guess. It's a band with my sister, so I think I'm going to keep it oh, gotcha. pretty, pretty PG in yep. terms of branding, but I hear you. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about one more game that you love. And uh, this game is called Kodama. Correct. The Tree Spirits. I love it so much. It's so beautiful. It's a short little game, about 30 minutes. Players go through three rounds. You have spring, summer, and fall. And each player adds branch cards to their tree trunk card at any angle. This is where it gets crazy. Your cards get all wonky, topsy-turvy. But when you <laughs> add a branch card, it can only touch one other card on your tree so at some point you're going to have to branch off in a new direction and points are scored by having similar features on each card in the chain of branches back to the trunk features are things like worms stars clouds fireflies mushrooms and flowers yeah why do you love it i love it like a lot of games that i love i love it because you can teach it to new people pretty easily and you can teach it to people who aren't so into getting ready for a two-hour game immediately. Um, so that's one of the main reasons. A short game, it. you mean? A short game. Yeah, it's, short not, it's, it's, it's a very, very short game as opposed to a short game, which is two hours, yes. or a medium <laughs> game, which is three hours. <laughs> that's correct. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. But it's also, yeah, it's just, it's just about making the most beautiful tree. Yeah. And it's just yeah. so fun. You're just yes. like, well, this tree has a lot of flowers on it. It's so beautiful. It's worth a lot of points. And then the rounds are seasons. The theming is just really, really strong. Um, we picked it up because our friend Daniel Solis worked on it or created the original thing that it was skinned into. Um, and he's an amazing person. But it's also just like a freaking great game. I play it all the time. I, we got Kodama Duo, which is a two-player version. haven't played it yet, but I'm excited about it. I want to hear about how that two-player goes. Yeah. Uh, it's such a beautiful game. And I see you're checking it out over there. What was the original that he designed? I don't know. I don't think he, he does a lot of just like inventing mechanics and then oh. posting them on Twitter and then walking away, which is kind of wild. That's what? interesting. Yeah. He's like not super attached to his like, you know, stuff. He's just like, yeah, I made this. What if you shuffled cards this way? He's great. He's, really <laughs> he's a board game mechanic philanthropist. Yeah. He's <laughs> great. But he's also, he's made, he made Junk Orbit. He's made a lot of other games that are yes. yeah, really oh, fun. Oh, very cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what what else? What, what is there a strategy you like to choose? Do you always Ooh. go worms some, or flowers? Some people lean too far into the season, and I think that's a mistake. You want to just like find the thing. Basically, if you stick to the the feature that's on your trunk, you really can't go wrong. You know, mm -hmm. and like you're either going to make you have like secret victory conditions as well that you can play at the end of each season that are like give you bonus points and I find if you play into those those will give you the bonuses that you need to win 
this feels like a really good gateway game in terms of yeah. like getting people who are trepidatious about board games involved in something with a little more depth. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like lanterns or something. Yeah, like that, or code names in that way. Where or splendor, like, like all that kind of level of complexity that still like keeps you thinking, but you can still have a conversation. Yeah, with people. Yeah, yeah, you can talk. You, everybody can have kind of a different strategy. So there's yeah. not a lot of you're doing that wrong, like kind of stuff. There's yeah. a little bit of randomness, and then at the end, if you win, there are cute little figures of the kodamas the tree spirits and your victory like the thing you get if you win is you get to put one of those on your tree and take a picture of it which is so cute it's like i did it uh and my husband gets really into that which is very funny to me he's like you won here's he's like and the kodama's like on a swing or lying on a branch or something that's a smart marketing idea it's so not enough games have a prize condition exactly yeah Yeah, you get to post this yeah you're welcome do, it, do either of you have an in-house prize condition for certain games? Like whoever Ooh, wins this gets, gets to, to do clean this. up. Yeah, we used to. We only have one parking spot when we have two cars, and we used to. Whoever was winning in Castles of Burgundy gets the parking spot. <laughs> That's nice. Very specifically, Castles of Burgundy. Well, for that particular parking spot, yeah. Mm, okay, I like that. I feel like we usually, if you win. We, you get enough satisfaction that then you kind of get punished in the future. Like you don't get to go first in the next game or uh, whatever mm-hmm. because oh, absolutely because you won and that's enough. Ours is just there's resentment from the loser for that amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I'm still holding a lot of resentment towards you, Jake, for always, always winning at Twilight Imperium. Yes, I'm sorry. Oh gosh, that's so, such a long game to like. You have to hold resentment for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, the resentment should be equal in size to the length of the game. Correct. You know, a short <laughs> two-hour game or a very, very short thirty-minute game. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Uh, I had this game in college. It was a Beatles Monopoly that my friends and I had won by pooling all of our tickets at Dave and Buster's. I've heard about this on the podcast before. Oh, shit. No, keep talking. <laughs> I love it. I want to know what oh. you're talking about. You, whoever won got to keep the keep the game. Yeah. Did I already talk about this? You did, but it I have it. three stories and I tell them <laughs> over and over. All right. Um. Well, we got to go soon because, you know, we've been doing this episode for a little while. Let's talk. Can we talk about creating an album? But yeah, I want to, before yeah. we go, I want to talk about, well, you had a question. That's why you wanted to bring it up. Oh, I just love the idea of creating an album. I love mu- music production. I'm so in, in, oh, intrigued yeah, yeah, yeah. by it. Yeah. yeah. Well, my main que- first question was, where do your ideas for songs come from? Where do yeah. you start? What's the creative process like for you? Um, it's. I mean, it's obviously different every time. But the. I think the most common thing that we do as the double clicks is that we'll come up with something that we're really mad about or um, happy about or whatever, like. It's like, I want to write about gender or I want to write about sexism and gaming or something um, or people giving me advice on the Internet. And then we <laughs> wait until um, we have something that's fun to write that about. So, like, um, for example, like the gender song is like, I don't just want to yell like, I don't have a gender. Shut up. Um <laughs> Uh, you, we was like, well, it could be this victory condition metaphor. And then, so as soon as you have like, I feel like as soon as we have like a metaphor or something to tie it into, um, that's the beginning of the song. And then we try to write our choruses to be something that you can repeat to make you feel better because otherwise all of our songs would just be angry all the time because that's all of my strong feelings most of the time. But it's (laughs) like, um, so for example, we have a song about receiving unsolicited advice called unstoppable force so like 
the course is I'm an unstoppable force instead of shut up, stop talking to me on Facebook Messenger. I don't want your advice about my band. Um, and and so that's that's kind of where the song ideas would come from. Yeah. I love that you take something that pisses you off and you turn it into a positive each time, though. I think that's a really cool yeah. way to go about it. And I think that's part of what draws people to your music. Yeah, they think we're very positive, which we're not, we're not but it it's how we, how it works. But what you produce is very positive. Yeah, increasingly so. Our last album was really, really sad, but that was just because it came out in 2017. And there's really nothing anybody could do yeah. about it, yeah. about that. But um, yeah, 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 we increasingly, and this album, The Book Was Better, is is a lot of fun. It's like a lot of positivity and a lot of like, there's a song about body image that's about Clifford the Big Red Dog. And there's, uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's songs about, like there's a song about panic attacks that's kind of about phones. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. All those things I very much relate to. Yeah. Especially Clifford the Big Red Dog is a metaphor for feeling uncomfortable in your own skin. I love, I love that. We had to write a song about a dog for a project. And I was like, I guess Clifford the Big Red Dog. And I started reading the books. And he just like kills people all the time. He's <laughs> giant. And so he'll like step on ice where people are ice skating. And they'll all like, there's this picture of everyone with a look of horror on their face, like falling into the <laughs> ice. Terrifying. And, yeah. But then everybody's like, Clifford, ah, you can't help it. And it's like, <laughs> listen, if Clifford's not, you know, too big to be loved, then neither yeah, are we. Homicidal yeah. I do you, <laughs> the truth is if Clifford were real, he probably would have been put down. Oh, for sure. Uh, but it's a beautiful world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, I just kicked the dog. I'm sorry, Richie. <laughs> uh yeah, I was just I think it's great that you incorporate the idea of having to incorporate something fun first yeah. before you put it into a song is a really great thing. It's a good restriction on your own creativity because it makes it fun when you make it right yeah it makes it fun and like we'll we'll, we'll write sad songs but then we never want to play them live because then it bums us out and it bums everybody else yeah. out so we want to we want to write something that's like really fun to sing along to and that people enjoy and that people laugh at because that's what's satisfying to play i also live. love yeah i also love that your choruses are like I mean, they're they're not necessarily all anthems, but they are something that you can repeat to yourself. Yeah, that's a great thing. That's that's great that it has that message as well. Yeah, it makes it easy to make merch of cross stitches that you can hang. On the wall. <laughs> okay, yeah. there it is. I mean, that's not the truth. That's yep. not that's why what I it's to about hear. the merch. It's let's be real. We're all about merch. We're I enamel pen salesmen, though. Yeah. Um. Very cool. Now, you are. One of the funniest people I've ever met. Oh, thank you. Uh, did you study comedy and and do you think humor is a very useful tool in what you do? Uh, think I I took I I my my major in college, unlike everybody I know down here, was in political science. So like I never studied theater or anything like that. Um, I come from a very musical family, so that's where that comes from. But I did I did bad improv in college, and I do better improv now. Um, and that's something I study. I think the main thing that influenced the way we write our songs is I just I got basically a minor in poetry and I did a lot of journalism. And so I'm like the way I write everything is just trying to make a big idea as succinct as possible and like make every word count. Ooh, very much an improv concept. Exactly. Um, and then I think comedy comes from deflecting and not liking silence and stuff like it's very much like I would rather people be laughing than just sitting silently looking at me. So I that's why we oh god. <laughs> that's why the comedy kind of comes into it, but it's also just like we started by playing at open mics 
songwriter open mics. And if we did something funny, it was so different than everybody else that it didn't yeah. have to even really be good. It would just have to, it's like, it's this different because it's we funny. We got by on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that you, I, I imagine that you're often uh, put up on the same nights as other comedy music teams. Yeah. Does that steal your thunder? <laughs> Not really. We don't honestly get a lot of comedy bookings because our we're not funny enough. You know, like if you're if you're like a real comedy band like Garfunkel and Oates or like Flight of the Conquest, you have a, a joke like every three or four seconds. And we usually don't really. We'll have a couple in a song and mostly it's just like feelings. But we're definitely people like we're definitely comedy. Your music yeah. first, comedy yeah. second. Yeah. yeah. So it's um it is a little weird. We'll we'll have to like very much tailor a set to do like we did san francisco sketch fest and there's a lot of songs we oh. couldn't do there but there's some that we can and so yeah you, but you definitely do want to be the only comedy music band when possible because <laughs> it's definitely like a thing that very, people are very impressed by until they're like over it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what are you most looking forward to on this big tour you're doing this summer oh oh dang um or what's just your favorite yeah, part yeah, about yeah. doing shows all over I mean, I like making women and queer people cry um, <laughs> uh, out of joy. Threat. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we'll come to your town. <laughs> no, I um, it's really fun to meet people who like who connect to our music. Like that's obviously amazing. Um, I'm also we're going to Europe for the first time this year, so I'm really jazzed oh, about amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah. So Very cool. We're gonna play at Worldcon in Dublin with the Library Bards. Yes. Um, and then gonna be in. London and hopefully Amsterdam and Germany and stuff like I'm really really nervous about it but I bet it'll be a good time so. I think you're gonna have the time of your life I hope so oh yeah I feel like there are there are fans there that need your music I hope so yes it's gonna be so great for you you're gonna go like to so many places too yeah yeah this yeah this tour is we've already announced like 50 dates and we still have a couple legs to add so that's bananas yeah it's uh it's gonna be a big year is yeah. this your biggest tour ever I think it is yes we we have in the past like kind of crunched it all down and done it all at once. And this year we're basically doing two or three weeks on, two or three weeks off from May to November. So it's going to be What's on wild. your writer? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. On, the honest answer is this. We play a lot of game stores and we say you can't have games playing while we're doing our show. We're like uh, yeah. the only band where it's sure. like, but we never want to be the people who say like stop playing D&D. &D. So we have like a very specific thing. Like you need to tell people beforehand that they're not going to be able to play a game. Yeah. Because obviously we're, we're like, taking over the space. We're not going to be the per We don't want to be like, sorry, your characters die now. <laughs> so you have to stop. Um, but yeah, that's uh but you never want to be playing while people are trying to play a game because then we're annoying them, they're annoying yeah. us, and we just want to play the game. Like we get very invested <laughs> in watching it. Like so, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it sounds like something you've learned from experience. Oh, big time, <laughs> big time. I actually met my husband at a show where we played in the same room where people were playing Warhammer right next to us. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so that's kind of where we learned, and we weren't amplified. Was that yelling yeah, at the rolling it was of in dice? Portland. It was a Guardian. Games. Yeah, I was gonna say Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. And my my last question is. Uh, What's the hardest part of being on tour? I, I think that you may have solved it with your two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah. Um, well, being away from my cat's going to be pretty hard. Um, being away from my husband will be... Second. Yeah, second. but husbands can call you on the phone and cats can't. Correct. Correct. And you can't pet them on the phone. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're doing the South, so being vegetarian is always an adventure. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
we've gotten pretty good at introverting on tour because we're like, cool, we did a show. Bye. <laughs> um, and we like you can't. I guess the hardest part is like going all these places and not actually being able to tourist around. Like you just, we don't have time. Yeah. So it's like, wow, that's cool. See it next time, I guess. <laughs> don't yeah. invite laser to your thing. Yeah. They can't make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for the invite anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, all right. Well, uh, final thoughts, Jake, is there anything that you have been into lately that you want people to know about games, games you're excited about? Non-games you're excited about? Uh, I'm excited about a non-game. I've been reading this intensely academic book called Thinking Fast and Slow. Both? Yeah. It's about both things, thinking fast and slow. My brain thinks too slow to comprehend how yeah. you can <laughs> possibly do both. It's a bit both. of a slog to get through because the author, uh, Daniel Kahneman, uh, writes very academically. Like the word heuristics is used a lot. Oh, sure. No, that's yeah. not a real word. What so, does that word mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's not it's a Scrabble word. Yeah, it's a great Scrabble word. Heuristics? Yeah. So like, well, we can go down the rabbit hole of what a heuristic is. The uh, study and use of heuristic techniques. Yeah, that's that's the whole a problem. It's like, <laughs> so there's a lot of words like that. What the fuck? What that does not, that's not it's a just, definition. Like you a, can't it's use like the a, word in the definition, Google. <laughs> so here's the point, is that the, the book is like a bit of a slog to get through, but once you realize what he's talking about, it's very fascinating. It's about how our brains both analytically think and impulsively think and how you need to address both of those because the impulsive brain is actually our most active brain. Oh, well, I got that one handled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, highly recommend if you are willing to slog through it. I will not slog. Yeah, I'll take don't. the spark notes from you. Great. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Check so keep me time. posted. Okay. Yeah, I'll be texting you about what's happening with my heuristic I will text mind. You heuristics. <laughs> well, Laser, it's such a oh, pleasure. Can to I have plug you. a game? Before, yeah, plug, okay. plug, I, plug I was, away. I was ready. I just Go. I have a game I'm excited about. I just played Lord of the Rings: Journeys in Middle Earth. Have you played that yet? No. No, but isn't that put out by uh, Games Workshop? It's. I think it's maybe. I thought it was Fantasy Flight. Probably, but um, we'll cut that out. <laughs> uh, so it's. Have you played the Mansions of Madness with the app? Oh yeah. Uh, so it's that, but Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. So there's like you can be Bilbo or Aragorn or Legolas or two women they made up, and <laughs> and Gim wow, there's women in it. And Gimli, made up once. Um and. Uh, as opposed to the rest of Lord of the Rings, which is not made up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's it's so I love the uh, Mansions of Madness, like with the app and like it's so dynamic and you like never know what kind of fight you're going into. And um, super solid app integration. It's so good. Um, so but it's exactly that. But you it's like a campaign and you create a character and you earn experience that you can use to spend on like new weapons for the next session. And oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm, so it's legacy. Yeah. It's a little oh. bit like um, I don't know that you don't like rip it up or anything. Yeah. Right, I, I think there's that, a difference between over. campaign and legacy. Maybe it's something we should talk about in a future episode. Yeah. But it's got the vibe of a pandemic legacy that you have a character and you can build it but yeah. the, but the app will also keep track of multiple parties if you're playing it ah. yeah I love it it's also hex based I don't know if that is a thing it's one people... of my favorite shapes yeah. love it yeah some people really like hexes Ooh. instead of squares so <laughs> you just blew my mind yeah oh my gosh all right well we're gonna have to pick that game up yeah that's yeah. on my list the Lord of the Rings new game app integration from Fantasy Flight yeah whoo well, guys, I have little to say except I had a blast last weekend at uh, Northern FanCon oh, in yeah. Prince George, British Columbia. 
the people there were amazing. I met really cool other people and I got to try out some new games from game developers up there. And so that was very interesting and fun. How's your new friend Edward James almost doing? Um, we're best friends. Excellent. Uh, so no big deal. I haven't been bragging about it everywhere I go. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be awkward when he listens to my podcast. There's a great picture of the banner that yeah. has him for the Northern Fan Con. And then there's a banner right next to it that looks similar, except it's Becca Scott. Yeah. And then the bummer is that I was too embarrassed to ask him for a selfie because I didn't. Because uh, um, the, at the booth, you could pay to get a selfie. Right, with him. right, right. And so I didn't want to ask for a freebie, even though I know he would have <laughs> because we were talking the whole time. But no one's going to believe me. Uh, we believe you. Listeners, believe her. Okay. Well, uh, tweet at me whether or not you believe that <laughs> me and Edward James Olmos are best friends or not. And while you're at it on your Twitter, please link to Victory Points Podcast. You can do that by bit.ly slash Victory Points Podcast if you want to find it real easy because uh, we want you and your friends to keep on listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe and like and share and all that stuff. And then thanks one more time to Laser Melina Weber. Ah. Make sure you check out the double clicks on Twitter, on Kicks starter because your album was already funded but yeah, people we, can still get in there yeah they, they can get it on itunes and stuff now so just just go straight to the to the source the source yeah yeah, Hell yeah get it on itunes so you can you know give uh credit where credit is due yeah all right well thanks so much and hope you guys have a happy day happy day yeah it's my new outro what do you think one of the, one of the best it's just words coming out of my mouth <laughs> i'm ready to have a happy day now.